Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. It ain't the left side. Thank you, Solo D. Welcome to another episode of On the Fence Side here with Kat and Paul Picken. We are back on the air here after a week and a half. A few life things got in the way, but you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Spreaker, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. Looking at the last couple of weeks here, for anybody who's listened to the show, typically Paul and I make grades after every single game, but we thought at this point, you know, what, what's the point of uh, getting back and giving Fs at, at a variety of positions now? So we're going to switch it up a little bit this week because typically with Paul and I, our angry shows tend to be our best shows. So we're going to switch it up a little bit and talk about two things we're pissed off about, one bright spot, and one thing we're really looking forward to in the rest of the season. The Dolphins are 4-5. and five. They just lost to the Carolina Panthers in Monday Night Football, 45-14, to 14, their third uh, primetime loss in three weeks. And the defense, really, Paul, over the last four games has been too bad for words. I mean, 126 points allowed, you know, which is 31 and a half points a game, even if you take out Matt Moore's interceptions. 5.6 yards per carry allowed to four running backs who were not even good. Bilal Powell, Alex Collins, Marshawn Lynch, and Jonathan Stewart. And a 109 total quarterback rating allowed to four quarterbacks who haven't done all that well this year either. Josh McCown, Joe Flacco, David Carr, and, uh, or excuse me, Derek Carr, and Cam Newton. What do you make of this right now? Honestly, I mean, I'm going to dive right into my first pissed off thing here. It, it Both sides of the ball, it feels like watching the game, the only people that care are, are the ones watching. And even they're starting to pull away because you watch them out on the field. It's lackadaisical. There's a lack of heart, really, in watching one of the, in any of their games. And, and it, it's rough to see. I, I can't remember a time, even during the 1-15 season, where I'm like, I mean, you and I sat and watched the game together. And the second half, I know it was painful for both of us to still sit there and watch the rest of the game. So they need to start showing some damn heart because I'm so sick and tired of, of watching them come out half-assed. Yeah, they're, they're definitely coming out half-assed. And I'll, I'll tell you this right now. Biggest thing I'm mad about is Mike Tannenbaum. 
And you can say it's Mike Tannenbaum, you can say it's Chris Greer, anything. I mean, but the reality is when you look back at this offseason, the Dolphins put all of their money into one of two things, either signing free agents that were not good last year and are aging, Jay Cutler, Julius Thomas, Fasano, Bushrod, Larson, William Hayes, Lawrence Timmons, Nate Allen, or, quote, taking care of certain players on the roster, Cameron Wake, Branch, Alonzo, Rashad Jones. And I'll tell you, you look on this defense, they are paid very handsomely. And over the last four games, they've been one of the worst defenses in the league. That's the thing that pisses me off the most. Defensively, the Dolphins should be putting pressure on the quarterback. And they're not doing that. And the reason there's no explanation for why they're not doing it. But in the last three and a half games, they've had one sack, which is the same amount of sacks that Deion Jordan's had for the for the Seattle Seahawks. It's funny you mentioned Tannenbaum because for me, it really pisses me off. There was a little exchange I had out on Twitter about this, but uh, Mike Tannenbaum, his job's safe after this season. Barring a complete and total lose out the rest of the way, go 4-12, and 12, and even then his job is probably safe. Mike Tannenbaum has done an unfortunately beautiful job of essentially going the corporate route, and he set himself up in a position where he's probably not going to take the fall. He can basically just turn and can the GM and throw Chris Greer under the bus and go about his day picking his next GM. Gase definitely has some insulation still at this point, at least as far as management goes. For me, if he doesn't hire an offensive coordinator that he trusts that can manage the game for him while he on offense, while he manages the overall plan, I think this team is definitely a little bit doomed because he's a little too close to the forest to see the trees. Yeah, I mean, Adam Gase, I mean, I I never thought I would be at this point with Adam Gase as a coach. And and that's probably going to change here throughout the rest of the year. Uh, You know, I I don't see how it can get worse than it is now. But, you know, I I look at Gase and his attitude just seems to be like he's not part of this. You know, Gase, you see that quarterback? That was your quarterback you picked. You see that tight end, Julius Thomas? That was the tight end that you picked. You see those two guards, Ted Larson and uh, Jermon Bushrod? Those were the two guards that you picked, too. That defensive coordinator, you picked him. You promoted him. That running back, Damian Williams, who's averaging 2.33 yards a carry, while Lamar Miller and Jay Ajayi are doing things on the other te- on other teams, th- that's him, too. And he folds his arms in press conferences and acts like he's not part of this. Yeah, it, it doesn't make sense to me. The positive thing is that if Adam Gase does turn this team around and the Dolphins do come back, and do surprise, do win this weekend against the Bucks and pull an upset against the Patriots the following week, get to six and five. Now we're starting to talk about a team that that might be a little bit better, but right now it, it seems to be falling off a cliff. It really does. But one bright spot, and I'm I'm gonna go right into this since I know you mentioned Damian Williams and. and... One positive there is, yeah, I know Damian Williams is only averaging the two point per carry, but the way that he and Kenyon Drake are being utilized. Now, I'm not saying the offense is good because by any stretch of the imagination, it really is not right now. But they've actually been an effective combo out of coming out of the backfield, both in the receiving game and the way that they open things up a little bit more for the receivers, even if the receivers aren't being thrown to. And there have been some exciting plays coming out of the backfield from both of those two. Damian Williams, probably a little bit better receiving threat than a running back, but he's also had a few good runs here and there. 
Kenyon Drake really showed some signs of life in what was otherwise a pretty dismal game this past Monday night. That is one thing that I will say I, I do like with this team right now as we're moving forward and kind of looking to see what we get out of those guys down the stretch with that. Yeah, it's definitely been better offensively over the last couple of weeks. Uh, can't, Kenyon Drake, here's a stat from him from week 15 from last year. Since week 15 of last year, Kenyon Drake has had only 34 carries on offense, 242 yards. He is averaging 7.12 yards a carry from last year in week 15. Two touchdowns, three of his last 32 carries have been for 42-plus yards. I, You know, it, it reminds me a little bit of a, a couple of years ago when Lamar Miller couldn't see the field as a young guy, so they kept pushing carries down Daniel Thomas's throat. So I, I, I hope they see that Kenyon Drake is a big play waiting to happen, just like he showed in the Panthers game, just like he showed with that big 46-yard run against the Raiders too. So there, to me, he's a big play waiting to happen. And if we sacrifice a little bit offensively on pass protection, I think I'm okay with that. I am too. I mean, I, and I think both Drake and Williams have done a serviceable job in pass protection the past couple of weeks. I'm not upset with that. With that area from either of them. I do like some of the elements that Damian Williams brings as the change of pace. But yeah, I do think that this ball should be Kenny and Drake's to move forward with. As far as, as looking down the stretch, though, I mean, for me, I'm looking at these young guys. I want to see what they've got, whether it's Jesse Davis or Davin Gotchow or Vincent Taylor or Jordan Phillips, Charles Harris. I want to see what these young guys have because that's going to help Miami make a lot of decisions in the coming off season if they don't make the playoffs and blah, 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 blah. But really, this season should be about development. They've got a lot of very key injuries to guys like Juwan James, Ryan Tannehill. So really, this should be about finding out what you've got so you can make some of those big decisions that Miami's going to have to this offseason in terms of opening up some cap space, in terms of who to keep and who to let go. They've got a bunch of big decisions with linebacker, along the offensive line, possibly the defensive line, and then they've still got the Jarvis Landry contract situation hanging over their head. So seeing what you got down the stretch is not a bad thing, and it's something I really hope Miami does here coming up if, if they continue to struggle in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, you, you nailed it right there. I mean, the Dolphins' rookie draft class here, you, you look at uh, Charles Harris and, and Tankersley, who's been really playing well here over the last couple of games. Quarterbacks rarely throw at him. And the defensive tackles, Davin Gotcha and Vincent Taylor, project as good players for the future here. And when you look at uh, the rest of the roster, too, the offensive line, Jesse Davis played really well this past week. But when you look at the offensive cast in general, one thing I saw when looking at the team is that players that are going to be here for the next two years, uh, there are five of them that are, 20, are going to be 26 or younger heading into next year. That could be really good and high-level starters. And that's Kenyon Drake, Kenny Stills, Laramie Tunzel, Juwan James. And the fifth one, I think if he keeps it going, could be Kenyon Drake. So Drake is the one I'm really looking forward to here for the rest of the year. If, if he shows that he can break those big plays on a game-to-game basis, then it's going to be an interesting thing to see. Anything else you're looking forward to here, Paul? I'm looking forward to Kiko Alonso hopefully figuring out how to play football again, but uh, not really. I mean, it, it's development is the biggest thing I need to see down the stretch here. One thing I do want to just mention real quick for folks is 
keep in mind, we do have the merch site up now. It's a great way to go ahead and uh, support the show a little bit. We donate to charity with every purchase from the site uh, on the finside.threadless.com. We've got it down in the links down below. Check it out. I know Kat and I have both gotten a lot of stuff. I know we've had a few folks actually taking a look at a few things and really, really impressed with everything I've seen from it so far. So check it out. Absolutely. And Paul and I are going to be here for the rest of the year and throughout the offseason. That'll do it for our breakdown of the Dolphins-Panthers matchup. You're listening to Cat and Paul Picken. You can follow us on Facebook, Spreaker, Twitter, iTunes, YouTube, and on iHeartRadio. If it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. It ain't the left side or the right side. And it must be the fence side. Listen, Dolphins fans across the land all tuning in to see what's going on.